Well, hi, this is Chris Angeles, and this is Right at the Fork. We're missing Court Johnson's voice right now, but you should hear it somewhere within the uh, confines of this podcast. We welcome you to Right at the Fork. This is our, oh, we're on episode number 200-something, and uh, things have changed all of a sudden. So we're all improvising as time goes on. We're learning new things. We're having different realizations. And every day, the situation changes. So even yesterday, which was Tuesday, March 17th, we hadn't yet put the pieces together on how we needed to, or how it was necessary to kind of change up the podcast. We did know we wanted to get a little current and talk to some of the folks that you're going to hear from today. But we hadn't really thought of things like well, I guess Ringside Steakhouse can't be talking about their happy hour, and uh, and we can't be talking about the great time we had last night at Shalom Yall or our Mediterranean Exploration Company, and then and then it dawned on us that all the interviews that we've been doing, many of which are in the can now, um, meaning that they've been recorded and not released yet, just really wouldn't feel right. You know, as they were recorded before life changed for us drastically. So to listen to those interviews, we're sure they're going to be, uh, we know they're interesting, but we're sure you're going to want to hear them at some later date. But for now, we think we need to address a really, really big problem in the food industry in Portland, which is a big part of people's lives in Portland, not only the folks in the industry. I mean, it's more than a big part of their lives, but those of us uh, who enjoy the fruits of their labors. uh, It's one of the main reasons we love Portland. And uh, certainly, you know, we have, we also, one of the things that I had identified years ago that made me want to start this business I have called Portland Food Adventures was that we had the opportunity to get to know our chefs and and establish a relationship with them, unlike any that I had ever experienced before, eating in Connecticut and the New York area. Portland was very different. And so that's how, um, you know, I'm an advertising guy, and I'm I'm looking for a little writing work now, by the way, just to tide things over. I think uh, I know the world is changing, but as of today, we all need to find ways to make a little money. So that's one of the things I'm doing. But I started as a guy in the ad industry and um, started enjoying the food world years ago and meeting people like John Gorham and uh, and at the time Adam Sappington, I remember, and you know Kurt Huffman. I, I didn't know any of these folks when I started eating out, and I thought this is a really cool scene. So. That's a little, little bit of a, of a foundation for what, where we are today. And I, I just meant to say that the food world is important to us. Eating, uh, not only is eating great, d- delicious food, but just the, the uh, sitting down with people at a table and the social aspect of dining and what that gives us in life is all how we sustain ourselves and how we enjoy ourselves. And um, you know, things are going to be a little different right now. We're going to be eating separately. 
I hope that all of you are with people you love and enjoy, and um, you're going to be together for quite a while. And um, yeah, things have changed. So uh, we thought we would kick off what we're going to call uh, right at the moment on right at the fork. For lack of a better term, it just came to me while I was walking on a trail today. And uh, we thought we would kick it off by chatting with two of the most prominent people in our Portland food world. Um, I don't want to put the label of leaders on them, but they're people that people that though anybody who knows what's going on here, whether in the industry or just a diner, um, knows that uh, that Ringside Steakhouse is has been around for 75 years and it is uh, a hallmark restaurant in Portland. I would I know we could put some other labels on it too that are very positive, but uh, Craig Peterson and his family have owned it for 75 years. And um, of course, uh, we thought it would be good to check in with him and also with uh, John Gorham, who owns Toro Bravo Incorporated with his wife, Renee. We've had them both on the podcast quite a bit. Um, and uh, they have, I don't have an exact number, I should, but they have quite a few restaurants in Portland, like starting with Toro Bravo and Tasty and Daughters and Tasty and Alder, Mediterranean Exploration Company, two Shalom Y'alls, two um, Bless Your Heart Burgers, and also Plaza del Toro. I'm not looking at a list. So those are top of mind with me, and I'm a guy who can forget things really easily. Top of mind restaurants that are just excellent, and anybody who knows about them knows that, you know, they're pretty busy from opening right to close. And uh, and John Gorham has been, has a lot of employees to take care of, a lot of customers who love him and love everything they do. Um, so... Um, we thought it would be good to start, and one of the obvious reasons we started with them is because, well, we had to kind of relook at our sponsorships, our commercials, and they're kind of strange to be running now. So between uh, Ringside Steakhouse and Toro Bravo Inc. and Zupan's Markets, we have said this long before this happened, Court and I have said, we are extremely proud that we have sponsors and supporters, whatever you want to call them, who we call, we just believe in. And I don't think if we, if we ever created a list of potential supporters when we started this podcast back in 2014, and I guess we had lists, they're probably on it. I think at the top of the list for anybody who would want a categorically appropriate um, uh, sponsor for a podcast like ours would have to have these three in the top five. Zupans, who's been with us for four or five years now, Ringside, and John Gorham, who just jumped in this year, and we're so proud to have them. So I only say all of that as a little, this is this podcast. We're happy to be able to do it. We're, we're fortunate that we have 
enough listeners that we think we can bring something of value to a lot of people in the community um, with messages from these folks. So our plan is, unlike our other interviews, we're going to put those aside for now. We have a lot of them uh, recorded because I was supposed to be leaving town on a trip to Spain with um, with the folks at Urdaneta in April, and that turned into a massive clusterfuck and we're trying to unravel that right now and make some sense of that and um so that's one of the things that uh, i'm doing but we had planned on my being away till may so we have quite a few episodes that aren't really appropriate to run right now so we thought we would start with uh mr peterson and mr gorham just to check in with them to see how they're perceiving what's going on, how, what they're doing for their employees, what they see in the market, what sucks, what sucks, what sucks, what sucks, because there are a lot of things that do, and maybe, maybe what some glimmers of hope are. But this situation is changing daily. So whatever we thought a couple of days ago or a couple of weeks ago is completely changed now. I mean, it was not long ago I was on going out there with the message I had trips and I had people who were concerned and I honestly believed, hey, we have 10,000 cases of flu a year, uh, cases of flu where people die every year. We only had four in the whole country. Is this anything to worry about? Well, that might have been an appropriate thought without much knowledge um, not too long ago. And some people are still on that. They got to get with the program, read a little bit. But um, everything's changing daily. So what we have to do with this podcast is keep it fairly current. So I'm recording this intro on 4.30 uh, from my home, my living room with my two dogs on each side of me. I don't think either one is snoring loud enough for you to hear them. Um, but uh, I'm recording this intro, and we recorded earlier today uh, in a very rudimentary um, fashion using one phone on speakerphone, which I was talking into, and our guests were speaking out from, uh, and another phone just recording them with a call recorder. Because every, if anybody knows a good call recording app that works to record both sides of the conversation, let me know. But there are quite a few out there, but they're unreliable. We've tried them. And so, this is the way it's going to go. I think for all but a little of the conversation with Craig Peterson, you're going to hear what he has to say. So listen, I don't want to go on forever, um, but uh, I think what uh, Craig and John have to say, I have ideas on who else I want to talk to. One of them would be uh, Mike Zupan of Zupan's Markets. We'll have him on shortly because we got a note back today that he'd be happy to come on and um, and talk about what's going on with Zupans. One of the, let's, I'm going to assume more fortunate businesses in the Portland area right now in the middle of this storm. So, um, but let's start with uh, Craig Peterson, who, oh, I, I, th I think it goes without saying, I already mentioned that these are our sponsors. So uh, full disclosure, those words are important. These are the folks that sponsor our podcast. I don't think that's necessarily a negative <laughs> or a positive here. These are important people, and they have the foresight to want to support what we do to get the stories out in the Portland food community. 
but also they happen to be very smart people um, and uh, have done very well in their businesses. And you'll hear slightly different spins from both Craig Peterson of Ringside Steakhouse and John Gorham of Toro Bravo Inc. So let's start. The first interview will be with Craig Peterson that I recorded earlier this morning. I hope the quality is enough so you can get it. And I'm assuming people understand that we don't have access to our normal facilities, just as as in the rest of life, we're all adjusting and doing things differently. So first off is Craig, and then maybe we'll have Court come in and reintroduce John Gorham, just a quick uh, quick thing, and then I believe Court will come back at the end to thank you for listening. And um, if we have any commercial messages, uh, please listen to those. But also support whatever you can do to support restaurants to get through this. And I'll also say um, there are some interesting things going on out there, and one of them is, I don't know the name of it offhand, but Nick Zukin put a GoFundMe out there for his employees that he had to let go who are undocumented um, undocumented aliens. Is that what we call them? Undocumented workers, anyway. Um, and I'm sorry if I got that wrong. Um, but uh, those folks can't collect unemployment. So he's got a, a fairly conservative goal now of collecting $10,000 for him, and I think they're halfway there. So you can, we'll post it on Right at the Fork uh, for you to donate if you'd like. And I know there are a lot of other places to donate, but that's one. Man, those folks, they got no safety net whatsoever, uh, not even a governmental safety net. So there's something to take a look at. All right. I've never done this before where I've just sat here and talked to myself. Um, thank you for sticking with Right at the Fork. If you think this is going to be of value to anybody, please share it with your friends or on your social media because we think what uh, Craig Peterson and John Gorham and in the future some others have to say is uh, something that might, uh, might ground us at least just a little bit. Thanks for listening. Here we go. You, of all restaurateurs in Portland, your family has been in, has weathered a few storms before, 75 years. Um, I would imagine there's never been anything like this. Well, unfortunately, I'm old enough that I've been through the 87 financial crisis, the 2008 financial crisis, the 9-11 terrorism, and now the 2020 coronavirus. And yeah, this one's... This one's scary, but I, if I remember back at the moment, so are the other three. I, I personally think we'll get through it. It's going to be a trying time for all of us. Yeah. And what do you... So, um, obviously, everything is, tra is happening very fast, because when I contacted you, I don't know, last Friday, you said you had plans in place. Probably all those plans are out the window right now, I would imagine. Well, they are, because they, you're correct. They're constantly changing. Um, for our industry, it's extremely hard. Um, for the most part, they're the lower wage earners. So there's a lot of things that we're pretty we're thinking of to help them get through this at the same time we're trying to get through as a business. Currently, um, we're 
payroll ready for all of our staff this Thursday so they can get their check 10 days earlier than normal. We, my chefs are at the restaurant right now. They're putting together food to go packages for our staff to come by and pick up on Thursday. And if need be, we will keep that going on a weekly basis um, to make sure everybody has food. Um, and what about supply? What about suppliers? Are they? I mean, how's that working with getting food delivered and getting the product that you need to even accomplish that? You know, it, on the supply side, at least for now, there's quite a bit of food around. Hence, um, the restaurants are all shut down. I can't tell you what it's going to look like in a week or two weeks from now. But as it stands right now, there is product around for us to get our hands on and uh, fortunately for us, we buy our meat four to six weeks out, so it's not like I don't have protein sitting around right. to uh, get divided up towards people. Um, produce is pretty easy for us to get our hands on. So, you know, for dry goods, um, the Cisco's are the best foods in the world. They're not going away, at least now. Right, and you and you don't need as much now as you need it. I mean, you need a small percentage of product. Well, currently, we only need our staff. Right. You know, that's where we're at right now. And so you're not doing a delivery model or a gift card. Obviously, if anybody's going to buy gift cards, they know they can be used at ringside at some point, or I guess that would be something you could speak to is they could have pretty good confidence about ringside in the future, but what about all the rest yeah. of the restaurants in Portland that don't have, you know, they may not have the resources to weather this that you have? Well, my hopes are as we all get through this. I mean, I think it's going to be so. Obviously, fallout. That's uh, probably going through these things that happened in the last three economic problems that we've been through, there's always going to be fallout. I hope the best for everybody. Mm -hmm. uh, we do have pretty good staying power. Um, and we are offering certificates via uh, online. Uh, as far as food to go, we've decided that we are going to hold off on that. If this turns into something that gets longer than a month, um, or even sooner, we may change our minds on that. Right. You know, currently, right now, we're concerning ourselves with our personal staff and what we need to get to them so they can live their life as the best that they can. That's, that's really our goal right now. Right. All right, so um, not that you're the soothsayer, and a soothsayer, what they ha thought yesterday is different than three days ago, and... But, uh, uh, you know, a lot of people, a lot of your employees and a lot of restaurant workers, industry people and the people who patronize the restaurants, they're not going to have money for rent. Uh, uh, what do you see any sort of uh, relief coming out of the government for this? What do you think? Well, my hopes are, I mean... <clears throat> I mean, my hopes are that uh, the government's going to step up and reassure everybody that we're not going to shut off power, water, electricity, the necessities of life, um, because of what people are going through right now. I hope there's some help in that area. I certainly 
think they should be doing that. And then on the business side of it, as a landlord side, um, everybody is different, but I personally believe you need to work with each individual tenant as need be, and that may be giving some relief for some amount of time. Um, I don't see a lot of people currently, if you did throw somebody out of your apartment because they couldn't pay, I don't see a lot of new people coming, so... I like the idea of working with what you have. Right. I think that I think that makes more sense in, in stability with people. You know, I think I think that would all. I think we're all gonna we're all gonna live through this. I mean, currently right now, the rest of the shut down. The focus is on that. But most people, at least for everybody in the rest of the industry, but it's just bigger than that because of what the employee and what what anybody who's renting needs or house payments or whatever the case may be. Right. You know, myself personally, um, I think what happened here yesterday as far as shutting our restaurants down is a good thing. I personally also think that the government should step up and shut this country down for 15 days, including airlines, international flights, anything where travel's involved, trains, give everybody three, four days to get where they need to get. Mm-hmm. Um, we obviously have to have some mass transit in our cities to move people around, but we can sl- we can drop that down a little bit. We obviously need our hospitals, we need our gas stations, we need our food stores. Um, but besides that, to get a curve bill on this virus, is what we've seen around the world, we got to get some separation. Right. <laughs> and part of that direction I would believe should come from our government. Yeah. And then there's the issues, you know, you see, and maybe you can speak to this, but a lot of restaurants wanted Governor Brown to declare that everything needed to close so that people, they could make claims on their insurance. But then I read that they're not covering viruses. Do you know anything? Do you, I mean, you have your policy and your well, situation. As of, as of right now, we we actually, I talked to my insurance uh, agent yesterday, and as of right now, there is no insurance for our coronavirus and business loss income as it stands right now. That could change tomorrow, um, but right now, right now, the belief of our insurance company is that there's no, there's no, there's nothing there to claim for. Right. Wow. All right. Well, anything else? I don't want to keep you on longer than necessary. You've got a lot of things to deal with. But anything else that you'd like to impart? And if you don't, that's fine, too. We sincerely appreciate your taking any moment to speak with us. And, of course, Craig, Court, and I sincerely appreciate your support of the podcast over the last few years, so um, can't can't thank you enough for that. But I also think we're so proud of the people that are have sponsored the podcast because you really are the leaders in the Portland food community, and people look up to you. So that's why it was. I think it's important to hear your voice on this now. And if there's any solace that people can have if they can hear it, that is great. And if you can't offer it, that's understandable too, as it's changing daily. So it's changing. 
easy day. Like, I, I just hope the best for everybody. And I hope our government gets a little more involved. And we will get through this at one way or another. We have to. We're all going to be we here. We have to. Right. We're and all going to be here, I hope. I think you make a very good point, and, and it's something you had mentioned to me earlier that, um, you know, I think people, first thing they're worried about is shelter and food. Uh, Portland is coming together as a community to do their best to handle food problems for people. Um, but shelter-wise, I think you make a really good point that if anybody's worried about being evicted because they can't pay rent, well, that's a pretty shitty thing for people to do because, and stupid because there is there aren't going to be many people stepping in right now to take the no, place. No, I think I think I think the people that are that are, have that real concern right now uh, to reach out to the landlords and start talking to them. Right. Or, or they're, I mean, I don't know how you call your bank and talk about you got a home loan, but hopefully something federally comes out of this. Right. And that would happen. And, and by the way, that holds true for businesses and just individuals. They're, they're both Absolutely. in the same, both in the same position with rent and overhead and everything. And so, whether it's a restaurant who's got a big challenge in front. Same thing, Craig. There are a lot of small operators out there who have beautiful restaurants, and they were on thin margins anyway. But the landlords aren't going to go very far by kicking them out and hoping they get a new restaurant. When's that going to happen? So, Well, I know if I had restaurants or I had tenants, I would be working with them. Right. I wouldn't want anybody leaving me right now for anything. Right. All right. Well, listen, um, sincerely appreciate it, Craig. It's, uh, I value your friendship and every, so much of, um, what you bring to our, you know, bring to the table for everybody. And, uh, and that's, I guess that's a pretty good pun. Um, Ringside's been around for 75 years and it's really good to hear from you who, you know, whose family has weathered quite a few storms. Let's just hope this isn't the worst of all of them. It seems like it might be, but um, thank you so much for taking the time this morning. And I hope uh, there was a couple of minutes where you were a little staticky there. And um, I hope people can kind of figure out what you were saying in a couple of spots. But um, Well, that, I guess that comes with uh, social distancing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, I, 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 we assume people are going to understand that we're just trying to. Sure. Yeah, it was, it was just this morning, actually. Oh, we can't keep running interviews the way they've been. And Ringside isn't going to go out there with an ad saying, talking about happy hour. So everything, yep. everything needs to be retooled. So I appreciate your understanding as well on that front. So, um. Well, stay in touch, best of you in court. Absolutely. And, uh, I would say, let me know if we can get together, but pff, can't do that right now. So we'll have to Not do right the phone. The phone will have to do. Thanks so much, Craig. Appreciate it. Bye, Chris. Okay. Thank you. Bye. Bye. This episode of Right at the Fork is brought to you by Zupan's Markets, Toro Bravo Inc., and Ringside Steakhouse. Of course, we're hearing from Ringside Steakhouse and Toro Bravo Inc. during this episode. At the end, we'll talk about what Zupan's is doing to help serve the community during this unique time. Things obviously are changing every day, and so we wanted to just get uh, talk to you about some of what you've been experiencing, what your outlook is, what you're doing for all your restaurants, and as many people listening to this would know, um, you know, you've got quite a few of them, so your challenges are multiplied. 
uh, over what many others in Portland ha are having to deal with, which is tough enough. So um, what have you been thinking the last few days? This is, uh, this is Wednesday, the uh, 18th. Well, you know, I, I've just been, I've been trying to stay somewhat positive and just not, you know, not put, want to put my head under the, you know, the dirt and hide, you know. Um, I just got back from Spain, so I'm on a two-week uh, quarantine, um, so that, that also sucks that I, I just, you know, more than anything, I want to roll my sleeves up and go help the team that I have left working with us, you know, take care of all the things, you know, the, the very first thing I take care of was like wasting food and getting the food processed and into people's homes to eat. And so that was first priority number one was that, um, you know, priority to number two was like, how can I help the community? And those two things went hand in hand, you know, priority three was I need to pay my payroll that was owed. So I, you know, had to move money and, get that all ready to go and you know next priority four is going to be how do i pay future bills and stay afloat and you know um you know there's no doubt about it i got about a few more weeks of money before i run out altogether all fronts and then it's going to be when they say we can fire back up how how am i going to do that with no money hmm do you are you optimistic about government help? No, no, I'm not. Well, you know, I'm not. You know, you you as a business owner, I've I've, I've paid you know thirteen. You know what? No, I've been a business owner for almost twenty years, and I've paid into the insurance programs for twenty years. And you 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 think that something like this would just be covered, stopgap? But you know, the second you know there's the, the insurance companies are going to find any loophole they can, and that the loophole right now they're claiming is is nothing viral counts. Mm. So they're going because we're closed for a virus, it doesn't count. So you know if the you know so so all the things that we were told to pay into to help us on times like this are are already trying to abandon us the second you ask for help. Is that something that anybody would have thought of to look at? Was pandemic coverage in a policy? That's, you know, you can only, I guess you, one can hire an attorney, but even an attorney, how would they, how would they know to look for that? Uh, there's so many other things to look at in going over a policy. How would anybody know to look for that? I know, I know, you know, you, you, you think that you're, you know, I think that, you know, the smart businessman is the one that trying to thinks of everything. And I've considered myself to be a smart business person. And, you know, I, I, I didn't see that one coming, you know? Yeah. So you, and, you know, I don't know. I mean, I, if the government doesn't come in with bailouts, I mean, it's, it's over. It's I'm over. I'm done. You know, and, and I think that, you know, the, I, I know there's going to be deferments, you know, but, but how, how far do you want to defer before you just go, I'd rather start over. Right. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, one thing I was discussing, you, you don't have the benefit of having heard it, but we talked to Craig Peterson at ringside this morning and it was his position that while this is going to be very difficult for a lot of people, both for businesses and individuals, 
landlords are not going are, are going to want to work with are probably going to want to work with tenants as much as humanly possible because kicking them out doesn't give them a very good prospect for having a new tenant in there pretty soon who's viable and doing very well. So, I, you know, if I were, I, I don't, I'm not in your shoes, um, but if you take a look at this, there's no better bet for uh, backing than one of your restaurants in Portland. You have a track record of having them full. So the reality is you just said you don't have a lot of money, but um, who else in Portland is going to come with the resume that you have uh, to start over again or just keep going where you are? Does that? Well, I, you know, I, 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 I agree with that. And, I, I, and I'm, you know, it's, it's easy. I'll, I'll, I, as I sit here and talk, I, my, my brain is seesawing back and forth every, every minute of the day. I'm like, one, one side is like, oh, we're going to fight through this and we'll overcome it. And then the other side of me is like, oh, shit, man, how? You know, like I, I, I have a hard time not imagining how this doesn't lead to a depression. You know, like, so what, so we, so I mean, like, you know, like, okay, so we power through landlords help, everyone gets us back open, but can anyone go out to eat? Yeah. Who's going to have the resources to, to eat the way they did? There'll be a little right. bit, but it ain't, it's not going to be the same. So. Well, and the fortunate thing that I have under my, my belt for track record is, you know, Toro Bravo opened as the markets crashed in the, in the great recession. We, we opened that. That was when we opened right in the midst of, and we thrived. And we did it because you know we were affordable, we were fun, it was approachable, you know. And and, and thirteen years later, of growing up with Portland, you know, we've I think all of Portland got a little more fine dining, a little more, you know, a little more polished, a little more, you know almost lost the edge of the old Portland. I think the, I think the old Portland edge is coming back, coming back strong when this is done. Yeah, my hope is, though, that the wealth doesn't get, whatever wealth there is, get transferred to the wealthy, and they're the only ones who can come in and swoop up what's left because that's not the old Portland. That would be, that would be you know... Uh, a San Francisco kind of scenario, and not—I—I I, I don't mean to know anything about their scenario, but I just—it's—it's uh, it's very hard to think about, and it changes daily because you know you and I spoke for a second yesterday, and I have to tell you, you sounded a little more optimistic yesterday than you do today. So this changes all the time. It's—it's yeah. it's really hard yeah. to put your finger on it, and—and and man, you have dealt with. So many challenges, your health, and you're coming through that, and you got to keep that in mind too. Um, you know, your health is paramount, and so many people love you, and I think people will support whatever you do, and they're also not to put pressure on you, but of course, a lot of people are looking to see what what John's doing. He's got some of the, if not the most successful group of restaurants in Portland, so. I, you know, I, I, there's, there's no, there's no doubt in my mind that I'm, you know, like I'm, I'm a fighter, I'm a survivor. You know, I've, I've, I've I survived a bad childhood, I, sur I survived crazy health crises, I've, you know, I've survived, you know, whatever challenge came at to me in my life, and you know, usually turned it into something good. And uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm going to go out and, and fight and, and work this out. I don't, 
I don't think that my restaurants will be exactly what they were the day they close when they reopen. You know, I think mm-hmm. I think we'll see a return to the old Toro Bravo, you know, which I think people will be excited about. And I think that, you know, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll see maybe a couple of our concepts maybe change and something that we're more excited about right now. I mean, that's, you know, it's, it is it is a giant reset button. And, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll go and we'll, we'll give it a, a, a good, hearty fighting chance. You know, we will. But um, I'm just I, I, I think that everyone needs to be realistic. You know, I, 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 the biggest thing that makes me go, what could make me want to not fight is if, 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 if we just get a bunch of deferments and all of a sudden, you know, you got a, a year of debts building up and you, you're looking at your next 10 years of your life just trying to work as hard as you can to get back to zero that that that's not going to be very fun either yeah yeah do you um for this is a tough question but do you foresee having i i would imagine you do and it's hard, again this is the thoughts you were having monday and friday are different than today but yeah. do you, does it must pain you to be thinking that maybe you got to make Sophie's choice decisions as you move forward? Well, you know, do you say Toro Bravo? I would imagine would be your most important asset to to concentrate on, and you want everything else does well. Everybody loves them. Um, what do you I, What do you think about that? I mean, I I, I think we. I mean, I think that that's going to have to be you know. A, a financial decision and not an emotional one. Toro Bravo makes the most sense emotionally. Tasty and Alder is my highest performer. Yeah. You know, t- already we know we're well. Tasty and Alder will be the first one we get back up and running and launched. Mm-hmm. You know that that's you know that's where, you know that's the one that will go first, and, and then you know, and then we have the other side of the company. You know, MEC would be number one also on the Team Ron side of things. So, you know, the downtown restaurants would definitely be our, and, and, and I, this could be a bad decision there too. I mean, you know, the, the old Portland, it was the east side that thrived, the neighborhoods. Right. You know, and then we became a tourist destination and the downtown restaurants thrived harder. You know, it's, 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 you know, my, my, my gut looking at a, a number analysis is to relaunch downtown. My emotions and my intuition might be saying, go to the east side and get back into those neighborhoods. Right, right. Do you think, if we're talking about in the moment, what do you think about the sustainability of curbside pickup and and, and suggesting gift card sales? Um, I, I just, I think that's all going to change. It could change with... Rest, with restaurant owners realizing it may or may not be sustainable, and then the government could come in and say you can't do that on Friday. Yeah, I don't think they're going to do that because I think that would be put people in danger of not eating. I think that some people just don't know how to feed themselves, so they, they're relying on some of us to feed people. You know, I, I could see them starting to come in and really, you know, checking us out, make sure that we're being safe. You know, my. My health, my health safety records are, are impeccable. You know, I'm, I'm almost always 100, you know, have have the cleanest and safest standards we could possibly have in a restaurant. And, and a lot of times eating our food is probably safer than eating food yourself if you don't know how to handle food well. But um, I don't, I, I, I'm not, no one's going to get rich off that. 
is that's it. I mean, we I think I think for people like me who are I have you know three locations doing to go food. One is my bless your heart on thirty third, which is actually performing pretty standard right now, and the other two being MEC and Plaza. You know, really, I, 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 I'm not looking at doing this as a moneymaker. I'm looking at it as supporting the community and keeping a few of my core, core people employed and working with me so that we're all ready. You know, like I, I need a, I need some sort of a team, you know, on on staff thinking with me. So when it's time to go, we, we can start doing it. Right. Yeah. Are you concerned at all about um you know, they're not being testing out there and having employees being carriers um, in the midst of all this and not knowing? I think it's complete insanity that we don't have tests yet. It's it's so crazy. You know, uh, I, I think that I think that every single person out, you know, if we're going to be in this situation, if you have even an inclination of a thought that you might have it, it would be so reassuring to be able to have a test. Yeah. I, and the more we could test, the more this thing could get moving. We could actually start to get back to work. It's, I mean, I, I think that the, the test is the most important thing that the world needs right now. Well, we don't have them. And, and if anybody calls with semi-severe symptoms, I know, uh, I know someone who's close to me whose uh, daughter, four years old, is, has a dry cough and a fever, and they're not seeing her. She's not severe enough yet. So, yeah, yeah. Um, and I, yeah, it's really disconcerting. Yeah, there's, there's a person I know that, that, that came back on the flight from Spain and there was some people on the back of the plane sick and she was by them and she's got symptoms and she can't get tested. You're like, how insane is that? Yeah. How insane is it? And then, you know, so, so then no one's getting tested and we keep seeing these low numbers, like 30, 60 people in Oregon have it. But no one's getting tested. That that number could be a hundred times that. Oh, absolutely. It pro it most likely is. How yeah. how do you how do you know? And so, it's very scary. And the one thing I you know I, you can only follow so much. I've been I've been juggling my business challenges over these past few days too. So, but what I did happen to see is in South Korea and even in China they had. They have designated testing areas and designated ways of drive doing drive-through testing, so they could isolate anybody who had a problem. And we don't yeah. have that in place at all. It's all willy-nilly. I have to say, even today, Wednesday, I'm shocked at how many people are still able to go into the office. My son, he's still they still want him in the office in a cubicle. Um, at this at this stage, I just don't think everybody's. You know, at least the government seems like, and, and at least, you know, Fox News is starting to tell people this is serious. So we've, we've turned that corner, but what to actually do about it is another thing, because you can't believe a word they're saying about testing. Yeah, you know, the, I think the, you know, the, the, the blessing in disguise that we all just got to take, take a second is that to... to at least we got a very gentle, kind pandemic. You know, it's not, it's, this isn't, you know, some 20% death, 30% death rate, you know, thank, thank God it's at two to three. It's low. It's, it's not killing our children. Right. You know, uh, you know, we, we definitely, we, we like we're getting, you know, a, a, a light handed spank from nature. 
Right, but it but it has a ripple effect, of course. So, yeah. Well, John, I I know you're busy, so I completely appreciate it. If there's anything else you would like to impart before we go, and you know, it's quite possible we'll check in with you next week. We're going to alter the podcast schedule to just release as we see fit, and uh, you know, as as it's necessary. So, uh, with your uh, really appreciated support of the podcast before this happened. We're certainly going to turn to you and folks like Craig Peterson, and we hope to talk to Mike Zupan, who's got a completely different take on from his business yeah, standpoint. <laughs> yeah. yeah, from his business. He's to it well. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't. Uh, we, Court and I, couldn't think of a. An, uh, I, I hate to use the word better in this, but a, a more appropriate representative sample of folks to draw from and we to talk to, and we plan on talking to some others as well. But um, so appreciate it. You know, everybody out there is pulling for your team, for you. Uh, there isn't anybody out there who isn't wishing well for you personally and from a business standpoint. Um, is there anything else that I missed that you that if we hang up you wish you would have said? No, I don't think so. Okay. Well, man, we'll be in touch. Sincerely right. appreciate you taking the time and wish you well. And, of course, everybody can stop by, um, get some get some burgers at Bless Your Heart. And you're also at Plaza? Plaza. 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 We're, doing, we're doing a couple different dinners. And we're, we're trying to put together about 100 kind of like ingredient bags to pick up for free for anyone to need or just, you know, help us, you know, not let this food go spoiled. Um, farmers are starting to bring us stuff. We're putting in those bags. Um, yeah, and then MEC also is doing a few different meals to go each day. Great. Is that is that for dinner or can the, is that lunchtime too now? It's like 12, 12 to 8. Okay. All right, great, John. Thank you so much. Good luck. Thanks. Talk to you soon. All right, take care. Bye. This has been Right at the Fork with your host, Chris Angelus, and I'm Court Johnson. It's brought to you by Zupan's Markets, Toro Bravo, Inc., and Ringside Steakhouse. Big thank you to uh, those great sponsors who allow us to do what we do and bring you these stories. And speaking of Zupan's Markets, right now they're adjusting some things to help us all deal with the impact of coronavirus. Uh, that means they've changed their daily schedule. All Zupan's Markets now open daily from 8 to 8 which allows them to take better care of their associates as well as replenish shelves and also clean the stores a little more effectively. They've also instituted starting today, which is Thursday, March 19th, that they're going to start opening their stores one hour earlier on Mondays and Thursdays from 7 a.m. to 8 a.m. to allow seniors and those people that might have uh, compromised immune systems to come in and shop without large groups around them. They've also, out of abundance of caution, shut down their salad and poke bars, but they are increasing the number of grab-and-go offerings, which if you've heard Chris and I talk about it, we love to be able to go in there and grab ready-to-eat meals, which is uh, one of the great things that we love about Zupan's Markets. They've also suspended all events taking place in their stores uh, through April. So keep your eye on Zupan's.com with the latest on what's happening there. Right at the Fork is hosted and produced by Chris Angeles and Court Johnson. Connect with us on Twitter and Instagram at Food Podcast PDX or on Facebook at Right at the Fork or online at rightatthefork.com. Right